to discuss the real issues affecting Australia and New Zealand, this is Trad Tasman Talk, jointly produced by the Unshackled.net and the Mr. Berry, Mr. Berry Show. Now here are Tim Wilms and Stephen Berry, live from Melbourne. Hello everyone and welcome to Trad Tasman Talk for another Friday night, coming to you an hour later. It is the 4th of November, 2022. I'm Tim Wilms, Editor-in-Chief of The Unshackled here in Melbourne, where it is 7pm. And I'm Stephen Berry, columnist for the bfd.co.nz, also here in Melbourne. Um, no particularly interesting personal news for me, which is probably a, it's probably a good thing that we talk about news issues rather than ourselves. Yes, there's been a lot that's happened uh, during the the week. Uh, hello to everyone in the the live chats. Uh, Kesho, our regular. Uh, we're not early. We technically are uh, an an hour late. I, I see that uh, Granny Annie is is back in the live chat. Good to see you. And so is Lady of Shalot. And we've got a I notice a a new name in the in the chat. Uh, uh, Chris Thompson, watch re- redacted crazy New Zealand. Well, we're going to get into into that uh, because, uh, well, it's it's sort of a election special where obviously it's the formal uh, Victorian election campaign. Now I uh, was uh, kicked off Melbourne Cup Day and Jacinta Ardern facing the the polls in around about a a year's time. It's normally convention that. New Zealand Prime Minister's announced at the beginning of an election year when the election date is going to be. Yeah, since uh, Hel- since Helen Clark was Prime Minister, uh, she became PM in '99. So yeah, it was pretty much a convention since the start of 2002 that New Zealand Prime Ministers give plenty of notice of when the election date is going to be. Of course, she's already facing something of an election. Um, next month with a by-election, but we'll talk about that later. Well, we'll start, as we always do, with the the health report, and uh, there's another COVID uh, wave uh, that uh, we're told is underway, and uh, we got this uh, PSA from the New South Wales Chief Health Officer, Dr Kerry Chant uh, warning us and uh, telling us uh, what we should uh, be prepared for. I'm here today with a quick COVID update for you to make sure you know what we know. We're starting to see an increase in COVID cases and changes in the variants circulating in New South Wales, which tells us that we're entering the next COVID wave. By looking at all the local information we have and what's happening overseas, we believe COVID cases will rise in the coming weeks. The protection the New South Wales community has from vaccination and previous infection continues to reduce the risk of severe illness. However, the elderly and those with underlying health conditions will continue to be at higher risk. BA4 and BA5 Omicron continues to be the most common variants. However, we are seeing a rise in XBB, BQ1.1 and the BA2 sublineages. So what can you do? Make sure you're up to date with your vaccinations. This is your best protection, including against the latest variants. 
Know if you would be recommended to have antiviral medication if you get COVID. And if so, have a plan for how you're going to get tested and how you're going to get those antivirals as soon as possible. As we go through this next wave, we can all do a few things that can protect the vulnerable, including the elderly and those with underlying health conditions. I urge people to stay home if they have any cold or flu-like symptoms and get tested for COVID-19. Staying home and away from places where there are people at higher risk, such as at hospitals and aged care facilities, when you have COVID or any symptoms is essential. I'll keep you up to date over the coming weeks as we know more. Our weekly data report that's released every Thursday has more detail for those that are interested. Please work with us to keep yourself, your loved ones and the community safe. Thank you. Well, I suppose it's a relief that we're only getting advice now and not uh, new orders to cover our faces up, etc. But there, there is um, precedent. Yes, obviously, Victoria, there's not the pandemic declaration anymore. We have probably the the worst uh, show in the country, Brett Sutton, who's uh, obsessed uh, with masks. Uh, you'll notice there that uh, Kerry Chant uh, didn't mention masks at all. Uh, I did enjoy the XYZ's coverage. Kerry Chant shaves moustache, warns of imminent COVID mega death. Uh, well, she did also ditch the glasses as well, which infamously broke uh, during one of the, the New South Wales press conferences there. And uh, up in uh, Queensland, uh, their chief health officer there, Dr. John Gerard, whose uh, emergency powers have been wound back, so he can't order lockdowns, but uh, can mandate uh, masks. He's uh, brought back a traffic light alert system, which uh, New Zealanders will be so uh, familiar with. So, uh, yeah, so New Zealand only ever got to orange. Uh, nobody ever got green and then they scrapped it. Yeah, so Queensland is cu- currently at green. So it's stay home if you're sick. Uh, stay up to date uh, with your vaccinations. Take a rat if you get COVID-19 symptoms. And uh, if you get COVID-19, it, uh, it suggests that because it's no longer mandatory uh, isolation, I guess a, a you... rare bit of credit for um, Dan Andrews is that uh, the pandemic rules have actually um, probably prevented uh, more regulations coming into place with the chief health officer being stripped of those powers. Yes, that was one of the silver linings about the, the new uh, pandemic orders legislation. Now, for those who are wondering, who can't keep up with these various Omicron sub-variants lineages, it's nearly the, the one-year anniversary of, of Omicron, uh, which is which, which was actually a, a blessing that we had this super infectious, milder variant. And there has been no variant since. It's just been all the children and grandchildren of Omicron. So, According to Dr. Emma Hodcraft, XBB is a recombinant of BJ.1, uh, which is BA 2.10.1.1 and BM 1.1.1, which is BA 2.75.3.1.1.1.1. Both are descendants of BA 2. Why have they stopped giving them the the... 
what was it greek alphabet names now because they're, apparently they're not uh, they're, they're not distinctive uh, variants they they all come from the the omicron tree it seems that omicron is the the is the ultimate boss variant and bq1 and 1.1 is descended of uh, BA5. Kisho says, people that use so many sub, 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 sub sections in a report that uh, are a nuisance. Uh, now, I mentioned that uh, that uh, the uh, COVID uh, zealots and uh, mask fetishes uh, were uh, very upset that uh, Kerry Chant uh, did not mention masks in a PSA and that uh, John Gerardi is only suggesting masks uh, when uh, the, 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 the light gets to red. It's only recommendation advice that you wear a mask indoors. At Amber, it's only wear a mask uh if you on public transport or if you're around somebody who's vulnerable in healthcare uh, settings. Uh, so they were reassured uh, the, 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 the COVID uh, alarmists uh, when they saw uh, the, uh, Australia's uh, biggest uh, doomer when it comes to, to COVID, who's got, uh, uh, who's been the most wrong with her predictions throughout the, the pandemic, uh, Professor Raina McIntyre on ABC News Breakfast promoting her new book, uh, Dark Winter. Good morning, Lisa. Hey, it's interesting you're wearing the face mask because you know what? I read the chapter called The Fuss About Face Masks and it was pretty interesting just to think back on the different attitudes and how long it took us to actually realise that COVID could be transmitted via air, that it was airborne. Yeah, it was really, um, really sad that it took so long to prevent a preventable infection by just a simple measure such as a mask at a time when we didn't have vaccines. Mm. Did you, you must have felt pretty frustrated at the time because I know we were very grateful to have your expertise on our program as often as we did. You write in the book about being on call to pretty much every media organisation around the world, but there were a lot of missteps and a lot of decisions that would have no doubt now um, upset you at the time, reading your book, I could understand why, given your background and what you felt you knew. Um, yes and no. I mean, it's, it's always um, frustrating to see preventable infections occurring. And, um, but Australia did pretty well at the beginning of the pandemic, actually. It was more the global narrative that masks didn't work and that, um, you know, there was a... But it's actually a very long historical issue, the issue of denial of airborne transmission of just about every respiratory virus, including influenza. And, um, you know, it, it's there's what I explore in the book is some of the ideological and um, other reasons for that. Um, it's almost like a cult, this belief in, you know, this denial of airborne transmission. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. If that interviewer had just um, eaten a bowl of her shirt, that probably would have been about. Yeah, the she same kept this great face, Lisa Miller. Like, I'm surprised that she did that. And Raina McIntyre is not in the same studio as Lisa Miller. There, she's in a, well, she's in an ABC studio, uh, but like separately. But she still wears a mask. Now, uh, she describes what is that? Uh, this uh, cult 
that uh what is that uh masks don't work for respiratory viruses she clear she she clearly is projecting and has no self-awareness <laughs> given I mean, that even the most um you know general mainstream uh, COVID zealots these days will at least qualify their position on masks by saying particular ones don't work as well as say the N95. Oh, but they still say any mask is better than no mask. Basically, the thought or the compliance uh, that counts. Now, despite so whether uh, that's not the case, in fact, yeah. if you were to use a scarf, you would risk actually um, increasing the size of the droplets which um, escape your mouth. And now, despite her being such a mask uh, mask enthusiast, she has had COVID three times <laughs> this year. The, the first time, uh, she says she got it from uh, being in the car with her daughter. The second time is when she appeared at a public event in the, the Opera House, which was a, it's never been a, 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 a never it's it's now the best time. It's ne it's never been such a good time uh, to be a virus. And when she was on the stage, she took her mask off. She claimed because it interfered with the lapel mic, and she apparently COVID just went from the crowd and just attacked her unmasked fa face on stage. And so she got COVID from that. And she said uh, recently she got COVID a third time from another family member uh, in her home uh, as well. And yeah, she, she has been in her bedroom for most of the, the past two and a half years. She doesn't, she even cuts her, her own hair, which it looks like it's a bit of a, bit of a mess. <laughs> I think we can all be grateful that she wears a mask that much, actually. Um, Except that, uh, like, like, there's people that listen to her and think that she's one of the best experts in the world and will will buy her book, uh, Dark Winter. I just don't know how you catch COVID three times. Yeah, I, I mean, you and once. I, we're both still COVID virgins. I mean, we've been around people who've had COVID, but, but uh, it's, uh, it, yeah, it, it, it's never infected us. Well, we've never tested positive. <laughs> Maybe we've built up an immunity and she's destroyed hers by constantly um, staying in the house by herself and wearing a mask all the time. And uh, now, uh, when COVID first came in March 2020, uh, like she did buy into it that it was like transmitted through surfaces. Remember, like everyone wore gloves and uh, like you had to pack your own bags at the supermarket. She, she suggested that people wash their fresh vegetables in 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 soap uh, in case they'd been handled by COVID infected people along the way. Oh my god that's you know i've had mcdonald's that tasted like soap once because someone obviously cleaned the surface of the bench and then didn't wipe it down properly and um halfway through my burger my lips were starting to numb so yeah that's really bad advice uh now as we uh carrie chant and John Gerard said in their uh, advice and alert system, respectively, uh, they're still encouraging people to be up to date uh, with their vaccinations, which uh, obviously uh, most of the vaccine mandates now have been reviewed. It's now uh, largely voluntary for those outside of health and uh, aged care. 
Uh, but uh, when they were pushing the the, the vaccines uh, based on uh, the the health experts, this is from last week that. Australian Technical Advisory Group on Immunisation, ATAGI, said that they did not know the heightened risk of a heart condition called myocarditis from COVID vaccines until five months after they were approved for the public, yet they knew about blood clots from AstraZeneca almost uh, immediately and warned young people against taking it. So... And uh, you consider that um, the previous uh, fastest uh, vaccination invented was for mumps, and that took four years. And uh, the 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 vax injuries uh, continue to uh, pile up. What is it? Uh, it was noted in the Australian budget that uh, seventy-seven million had been set aside for compensation for the COVID vaccine injured and paying for funerals for those who had died and uh, in the 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 bfd uh they uh lushington d brady who's uh an australian but uh, lives in new zealand uh, mentions the story of faith ranson yeah and um she's essentially um been crippled by the COVID vaccinations, uh, she has daily seizures as a result of it. Yes, which is just shocking. And as a as as a teenager, she would be at one of the lowest risk people uh, to develop a severe case of COVID. Yes, and now um, she's been diagnosed with functional neurological disorder. So that affects the function of the nervous system with how the brain and body send and receive signals. Um, symptoms include uh, limb weakness, seizures, spasms, chronic pain and bowel and bladder symptoms. Um, there is a rehabilitation treatment, but um, it's very, very slow, very unpleasant. Though obviously prevention, like not being forced as a young healthy person to take the, uh, the jab, uh, would have you know, prevention is better than cure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she was she wasn't in a group um, that was identified as being at risk at all. There's no reason for her to take it. Um, but of course, the government across the world decided that um, everybody's got to have their two jabs or they can't fun function. And now and she now can't function. Now there is still a, a backlog in the uh, the the, the various uh, state courts to deal with those COVID uh, criminals who uh, breached the the, the stay-at-home orders, and uh, one of the the, the most famous uh, the is known as the the People's uh, Premier uh, TikTok comedian uh, John Bernard uh, Koritz. So he uh, he shot uh, to mainstream prominence when he received leaks from New South Wales Health about the uh, daily COVID case numbers uh, during the, the 2021 lockdown. And he claimed that this was due to some mathematical method that he and uh, his brother had uh, developed. And eventually they flushed out the, the mole uh, the the New South Wales uh, health authorities and get, and he reported a wrong number, which he claimed, oh, they they they've uh, they, they they've decided to ruin my mathematical equation. So 
He uh, spoke at the Sydney lockdown uh, protest to tell a crowd of 3,500 that uh, all we want is is freedom. The magistrate uh, Emma uh, Menea said was not amused. It does not, from his conduct and the words he says, come across as a joke. Uh, and uh, said if he's not encouraging the crown, what is his purpose. So he was found guilty of encouraging people to breach the pandemic restrictions uh, on people for gathering outdoors, which was always the safest place for them to be outdoors. It's virtually impossible to catch COVID outdoors. So he got a two-year good behaviour bond and no conviction was recorded. The magistrate said... Of course, he can uh, say all those things again now. He, he could go and say those exact same things again now in public and he wouldn't be breaching his good behaviour bond. Yeah. The but, magistrate um, said... Yeah, I, I sympathise with people who um, get cancelled uh, because they attempt stand-up comedy. <laughs> the, the magistrate said uh, Corazzi uh, uh, had already been punished by vicious racist comments on social media. So the magistrate's saying that racist... Uh, a person being subjected to racist comments is an okay form of punishment for a crime that seems quite messed up one person had wished uh Kuritz catch COVID-19 and die while another called him a dirty fucking Arab and told him to fuck off to your shitty country or kill yourself we don't want you here well nobody tell that to people who um, go to court for beating their children for death to death that um, racist comments can be considered a punishment uh, he actually did get COVID during that Delta wave and was hospitalised briefly. So, but he's back to, to full health now, and he has uh, bounced back. I mean, he is his uh, uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram and TikTok uh, content uh, is utterly hilarious. Uh, he does the the, the fake interviews with uh, leading national and international figures. He does Vox Box at various public events. He was at the Melbourne Cup and the Sydney Everest uh, race. And he also uh, MCs uh, weddings and other public events. And he's also the uh, the host of the Barbecue Bulletin uh, satirical recap. Wow, he's doing very well for himself. Yes. What was probably the best thing that happened to him. Even though he was supposedly cancelled for being a selfish person gathering uh, in the safe outdoor air. <laughs> uh, now, it's interesting that uh, our governments, uh, at least, uh, haven't uh, taken the, uh, the, the, the suggestion of uh, a columnist at the uh, Atlantic, uh, that, uh, uh, a piece written by author and economics uh, professor Emily Oyster, uh, that uh, you know we should uh, just have an amnesty for the pandemic uh, man madness uh, because uh, it's, it's, she says that uh, defending pandemic choices in the face of so much uncertainty, getting something right had a hefty element of lunk and similarly getting something wrong wasn't a moral uh, failing. So treating pandemic choices as a scorecard in which some people racked up more points than others, preventing us from moving forward. Both sides were just as bad as each other and we need to move on. And that... Uh... Well, that's um, 
quite horrific. It's it's almost sounds like making excuses, uh, which could have. Um, I mean, excuses that could have been applied during the Nuremberg trials. Oh, everybody yes. was doing it. They didn't know any better. Let's just have an amnesty and not punish people for uh, inflicting totalitarianism on the entire populace and destroying lives. Yes, I mean, uh, maybe some war criminals in the future will will use that uh, defense. And I did notice in response to uh, that uh, column, Nuremberg 2.0 was uh, trending on on Twitter because actual because <laughs> Elon Musk has uh, locked out all of the the moderators. He's firing a lot of them today. Uh, so things that are trending, like in the trending thing, they're actually what people are talking about. It's not manipulated. Yes, Emily uh, Oster is a bit uh, fishy, I will uh, admit there. And uh, yes, uh, yeah, there was this uh, this uh, handy uh, Atlantic then and now so, uh, from, so the Atlantic used to say the anti-vaccine right brought human sacrifice to America. Unvaccinated people need to bear the burden. Vaccine refusers don't get to dictate terms anymore. Some Americans no longer believe in the, the common common good. But yeah, just I never them. believed in the common good. The common good is always bad for the said. individual. But um, the, why would we have an amnesty for these behaviours and responding to COVID? Because the same behaviours are being used for just about every other problem that the government thinks governments can solve, such as uh, climate change or poverty or, um, you know, the cost of living crisis. Every single response is more compulsion, more regulations and more unintended consequences, which just violate individual liberty. So, no, nobody should be getting off the hook for the response to COVID because they're using the exact same bloody response to just about every other so-called human problem. And we knew by April 2020 what COVID was. I was one of the people, okay, we flattened the curve for, for two weeks. Let's move on. So throughout 2020 and 2021, it was clear what the uh, the truth was, and looking at uh, the place that didn't lock down Sweden, uh, it's got way uh, less uh, excess deaths over the 2020-2022 period uh, than uh, uh, Australia and New Zealand who had COVID zero uh, for both those years in uh, 2022. How do you like, have negative half a percent excess mortality? Do people come back to life? Or was there an increased birth rate as a result of COVID lockdowns? Possibly. I guess there's nothing else to do once when you're stuck at home, is there? Uh, drink, drinking rates went up as well as a result. So, Well, there maybe, is a time, we'll COVID a time lag uh, when you lock people up in their homes for the the eventual collateral damage, whether it be immunity debt, social problems that have uh, developed as time drags on. Yeah, uh, the mental health crisis that uh, public health systems can't uh, keep up with anymore. Um, and not to mention uh, the new behaviours which have been incentivized by government so that um, people actually felt like it, that it was their duty and they were working for the common good by yes. buying on save the homes, save lives. 
Well, let's move on to a, a an election campaign uh, where the incumbent, uh, Premier Dan Andrews, would like uh, the Victorian public to forgive and forget uh, his uh, COVID zero police state lockdowns for 2020 and 2021. Um, uh, and people, uh, unfortunately, I just don't see any way that he could um, avoid sleepwalking to victory. Uh, the Liberal Party is absolutely hopeless. Um, they're going to have the guts ripped out of them by the Teal independents. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more than 55 seats going to Labour in the lower house. Uh, you've done a, started to do a, a poll, poll of polls uh, for the Victorian state election. So, yep. yes. So based on the last five polls, so there's a couple of Roy Morgans and there are a couple of results. Yeah, but I told you not to include Roy Morgan. Can you do like <laughs> a, 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 a poll of polls without Roy Morgan? No, you can't. You can't. Yes, you can. Yes, you the can. The point yes. of the poll of polls is that it flat it flattens out the, the stupid spot. But we have heaps of polls here. Like it won't hurt to make one which he is... Okay, well, this one stretches back to um, the middle of September using the last five recent polls. So um, I felt it would lose value if we had to stretch back to August or July. In any case, um, on first preferences, Labour's on 38.8. Liberal and Nationals absolutely hammered, 29.7. Uh, the Greens are polling at 12.5%, and all others, including uh, Independents, are on 14. Um, if we look at the two-party preferred, uh, it's 58.4 versus 41.6. Incredibly, the, uh, the, the Coalition's uh, promises in the election are about 10 times the cost of what uh, Dan Andrews' government is promising too. Yeah, I mean, promising $2 uh, public transport. I mean, that, that'll cost huge amounts of uh, other taxpayers' money who don't use public transport. Other taxpayers will lose from that. And also uh, free uh, lunches uh, for school uh, children. Uh, Jesus so I'm glad that I, I'm not eligible to vote because we're facing the conundrum of uh, an oppressive Labour government, which is probably to the right of the opposition. And uh, they had a, an election stunt uh, this week, the Victorian Liberals, their ditch Dan ambulance. No bears in here. Empty. We're going to send this ambulance on its way. See if they can locate any of those 4,000 beds to call out, to call out. Where are those 4,000 beds, Daniel Andrews, that you promised us? Uh, now, well, I'm actually, that was crap. they that may was actually get into trouble for this uh, ditch Mobile uh, because uh, the uh, according to uh, the uh, Secretary of the Victorian Ambulance Union, Danny Hill, uh, under the Services Act 1968, a person must not use the word ambulance service or any name, title, description to imply an association with an ambulance servant unless an association exists without written authority of the, the secretary. They just should have chosen a Mr. Whippy van and pretended it was an ambulance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, aside from the legal issues, which sound absolutely ridiculous to me. The stunt is bloody stupid too.
Mm. Yeah, so like this. Open the door and go, there we are. There's our damn ambulance. Uh, Because they're they're trying to to battle the election, the Victorian Liberals, on traditional Labor and uh, left wing issues like healthcare, public transport, and uh, education as well, basically. Well, they're they're also committed to the the net zero uh, agenda as well. Uh, Now, despite the fact that Dan Andrews is ahead in the, 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 the polls, he rarely uh, rarely goes out in public where the, the average punter is. They're, they're all stage managed far away from the public, though a heckler uh, got, uh, got in at a press conference in, in Caulfield uh, today. All right. What do you think we're announcing? Ah, <laughs> well, oh, there you go. Okay. Okay. We're right to go. Okay. Do you remember when ScoMo um, got told to piss off somebody's lawn while he was doing a stand-up and he just apologised and moved off the lawn and it was hilarious? Yes, and uh, Scott Morrison also, he ha- he uh, encountered an uh, angry voter and uh, Scott Morrison was able to soothe him. Uh, now, it's broken tonight that uh, because he'd been refusing, uh, uh, well, he hadn't yet committed to any uh, debates or people's forums, but he has agreed to the Sky News Herald Sun People's Forum, uh, where he and opposition leader Matthew Guy will answer questions from undecided voters. Uh, so that's very well, brave of them. Uh, courageous. Sky yes. News and the Sun are. Um... It's friendly territory. Though it's become convention now in whether it be state and federal that uh, both major leaders participate in Sky News People's Forum. I mean, obviously the people are vetted before they came in, the questions pre-approved, but yeah, like, Anything like still anything could could happen, and Sky News is already saying, you know, nobody, you know, can afford to miss this. No, and I, I'm actually looking forward to it too. <laughs> I'd like though, to see Dan a bit more uncomfortable. Though uh, the questions from the the mainstream media haven't been much better for for Dan the the past two days after the bike rider. Uh, who uh, his uh, wife, Catherine Andrews, uh, collided with uh, in January uh, 2013. Uh, then 15-year-old My- uh, uh, Ryan uh, uh, Mulman, uh, he was very seriously injured uh, when he uh, collided uh, with uh, the, the Andrews uh, car. Uh, now, it was uh, reported by uh, the, I think it was by the, if I go down, go down here, uh, this is 
the Herald Sun report is paywalled, uh, so I'm using the the Sky News article. So he got uh, eighty thousand dollar compensation from the Transport Accident Accident Commission, uh, but his family are now coming forward to say that. Uh, they were basically told to be quiet, otherwise they wouldn't get the compensation. IBAC uh, investigated the police response and found the officers failed to breathalyze Miss Andrews as any other motorist after an accident. And also, so there, he, there's Ryan in 2013, and there he is now. He's also claiming that the Andrews car was driving at speed. Speed, and now there's a witness, Jane Crittenden, who's broken her silence uh, and uh, said uh, that uh, the uh, the Andrews uh, family were just staying down the road and uh, uh, didn't uh, didn't render assistance and uh dan was was asked about this by the media yesterday and yeah it was just more stonewalling i've canvassed these matters in great detail uh, and i've got no further comment to make there have been no ongoing police investigations into that for some time have you never felt the need to check in on him given the as, as I just said, Rachel, I've gone into great detail on numerous occasions and I've got nothing further to say about the matter. Do you have a message today? As, as I said to you before, I've gone into great detail uh, on numerous occasions about an incident that occurred now 10 years ago and I've got nothing further to say. When was your victim of that incident? And this is the first time he's gone into as much detail. That goes for a painful... Uh, two and a half minutes, uh, but obviously not as painful as what uh, Ryan went through. And I've just been alerted that uh, Real Rukshan has uh, just published an interview uh, with uh, the family on his channel. I haven't seen it yet. It must have been uploaded while we were just about to, to go to air. I'll certainly watch that uh, there. Uh, but uh, what is it? Of course, Rakshan's not a, a real journalist according to the uh, mainstream definition of uh, journalism because apparent, because he has, what is that, another job as a wedding uh, photographer and uh, also uh, because he's around far-right uh, people uh, as well. Uh, so, yes. There's nothing uh, wrong with him having a second job. It's pretty hard to make Well, that was his original job before... Uh, Dan Andrews shut down the wedding industry. I mean, Rakshan, if there was no lockdowns, uh, Rakshan wouldn't be uh, 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 doing his uh, uh, journalism job as well. Uh, mm. Dan Andrews created him. But, I mean, yeah, it's very difficult to, to monetize creativity. Um, and I know I've uh, had a go at um, making an income out of, journalism in a sense and yeah it's not easy and now it's also uh just broken uh on the the age uh this afternoon because they were unable to publish a, another leaked ibac uh probe uh known as operation uh daintree it's the fourth investigation into uh, the Premier and uh, his office, but they were able to publish this story based on uh, other sources. So 
a just before the 2018 state election, uh, there was two grants issued to uh, the health services union, which is being a union linked to labor, worth $3.4 million, which was uh, supposedly to train hospital staff to deal with violence against health workers. So, yes, and IBAC has, uh, its commissioner has recently complained about a lack of funding and resources. So, I mean, this is the thing, he's still ahead in the polls yet. Like, you know, there's so much. Ep- evidence of his uh of corruption in his government cover-ups nepotism yep and uh, the opposite what's the what's even the point of an opposition which promises to outspend um a socialist government by 10 to 1 uh victorians are really being ripped off uh by the lack of options in this election Obviously, there are the, well, the, if you want to vote for a even greater paternalist than uh, the Labour or the Greens, there are the, uh, the Teals. Uh, obviously, the most prominent uh, Teal uh, elected in Victoria was uh, Monique Ryan, uh, who's always hectoring about masks in Kooyong. And there's uh, Teals in Hawthorne, Kew, uh, Caulfield, Brighton, and Sandringham, and Mornington. And Caulfield is probably going to go teal um, as a result. So Labor, they do want to they they do want to win it as well. It's held by the the Labor deputy leader, the uh, the the guy who was uh, with the 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 Dan Mobile, uh, David Southwick. Yep, and uh, um, since the boundary changes, I think the um, Electoral Commission has measured um, the buffer in there is about 0.6% in favour of Labour Yeah, since the previous election. Um, and in the previous election, it was less than 1% majority for, um, uh, for the deputy leader. So it doesn't look very promising. Yes, the the Teal candidate is former Labour Party member, like resigned six months ago, uh, uh, Nomi Kaltman. Uh, so she also uh, is the head of a, a Jewish uh, feminist uh, group. In fact, there are, um, everyone in the uh, most recent debate were Jewish. Um, oh, well, it's a Jewish state, Caulfield. Yes, yeah, 26% of people in Caulfield are Jewish, which... Um, it's not wonderful or terrible. <laughs> yeah, and so, there was no need to mention it. Uh, so uh, Coltman uh, said that the Liberal Party could bring back the potential criminalization of abortion. Yeah, what a bullshit artist. And uh, Mr. Southwick said uh, that uh, religious freedom laws would not adversely affect the LGBTIQ community, but Miss. Coltman uh, disagreed. She accused Christian Mormons and Pentecostalists of bringing very scary fringe commission to the Liberal Party, which was not in line of the Caulfield residents. Um, I don't understand why you would want to force organisations that don't want to hire gay people to hire gay people. Is that going to be a nice work environment for people who get jobs that the people who employ them don't want them to have? That's ridiculous. And clearly, well, the teachings of the church are anti-gay. 
Well, on that matter, uh, Andrew Thorburn, the brief CEO of Essendon, uh, he was uh, forced out. Uh, well, uh, Dan Andrews called his uh, the his uh, Christian church. What is it? Bigoted uh, views because that was uh, pro man woman marriage and uh, pro life. He's engaging lawyers for unfair dismissal, given it was it was it was basically told to choose between Essendon and uh, being the chair of his church. Yeah, well, if your church isn't bigoted and misogynist and um, homophobic, well, it's probably not a proper church anyway. Read the Bible. God, don't don't piss, uh, skirt around the issue. It's very, very clear. And, uh, of course, uh, on the matter of sport, at the beginning of the week, uh, Dan Andrews gave uh, the Australian Diamond Netballers a $15 million uh, Victorian taxpayers bailout uh, to sponsor them as as visit Victoria. Given that, well, Dan Andrews, he's uh, mainly encouraged people to leave Victoria. There's now this outfit called Visit uh, Victoria to get people to come back. So they're the new sponsor uh, since they didn't want uh, Gina Reinhart's Hancock prospecting money. Ridiculous! I hate netball. Why should I pay for it? Oh well. Nobody watches women's sports. I mean, like, no. apparently it's the AFLW finals time. I haven't watched any of it. Though I suppose netball is probably the only sport where people watch the women more often than they watch the men. Yes, watch the women. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, Yes, there's now, what is it, uh, AFLW and the women's cricket and NRLW. Uh, there's women's sports galore, but still, nobody watches it. No, no. And um, they still continue to complain about not getting paid as much as the men for doing the same job, um, which obviously they're not doing because they're not playing against men, which I think they would find a bit more difficult than what they're currently doing. Uh, now uh, it's clear it's clear clearly the case the the reason why a, a New Zealand Labour Party candidates did badly at the the local elections is because uh, there's uh, so many uh, people have been radicalised and become uh, extremists because of uh, disinformation and so I know I noticed this week uh, that uh, there's a a, a both in the the New Zealand media and from your intelligence agency, the SAS, a a campaign uh, to to make sure that uh, disinformation and extremism is purged. Well, and Jacinda uh, just in the last few days made the claim that disinformation is one of the biggest concerns amongst New Zealanders. Um, absolute crap! A poll which came out yesterday. Forgive me, I can't remember where it's from. Um, shows about 60, uh, the top issue for New Zealanders at 60% is the cost of living. Uh, but uh, according to uh, the, what is it, uh, your media, so, and uh, your... My media? <laughs> well, you're still a New Zealand citizen. Go on. Yeah, so uh, your so your like equivalent of ASIO is called the SIS. What does it stand for? Secret Intelligence Service or Security yeah, Intelligence Service? Yeah. 
Yeah, so they have got a a new extremism uh, guide. Uh, so it's called uh, no 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 the signs. So this is the the PDF here. So there's the scale of extremism. So uh, the views on the fringe uh, they can be based on faith, social, or political beliefs that exist on the fringes of society outside the more broadly accepted views and beliefs of most people. Extremists seem to radically change the nature of government, religion, or society and create community based on their ideology sounds terrible and uh they're also encouraging uh people to to dob in their neighbors who exhibit uh extremist type behaviors our secret service is launching an initiative to help us identify people who may have been radicalized know the signs details dozens of indicators that a friend or family member could be planning a terror attack as adam hollingworth reports the move comes as our spy chiefs identify a new and worrying type of terrorism Time was when the intelligence services were never seen, never heard. But now they're loudly proclaiming your country needs you to keep an eye on those you know and, if necessary, dob them in. Recognising a potential warning sign and then alerting NZSIS or police could be the vital piece in the puzzle that ultimately saves lives. To that end, they're publishing a guide called Know the Signs to help us all identify potential terrorists in our midst. To pay attention if they are, and to be alert so that if they see or hear about something that seems off, um, that worries them and concerns them, they might have a look at this information to say, does this indicate to me that this person is on the road to actually committing an attack? The SIS has listed around 50 signs from obvious ones, like writing on a weapon, as happened in Christchurch, to... A person who is, who is really developing an us-versus-them worldview. Authorities say they're usually closely monitoring 40 to 50 potential terrorists. These people used to be motivated by their white identity or by their faith. But in the past six months, a third group has emerged, those motivated by politics. And so it could be the COVID measures that the government took, and so it could be the COVID measures that the government took, or it could be other policies that are interpreted as, as infringing on rights. Uh, and, and, and it's a, what I sometimes describe as a kind of hot mess of, of ideologies and beliefs, um, fueled by conspiracy theories, fueled by conspiracy theories. The launch of the initiative Know the Signs is an indicator that the security services know that they can't do it alone. They need the help of the public. But to some, the guide is a first step only. How do we upskill those people in our community who are much closer to people who might be potentially radicalised and get them to understand what it is they're seeing? That's our challenge. Adam Hollingworth, News Hub. Under the criteria that they've mentioned there, my time as deputy leader of the Libertarians Party in 2003 and 2004 means the SIS should have been watching me and the public should have been dobbing me in for um, promoting the Libertarians. Um, yes, what so... campaign and um, that, what the hell is with her hair? That was very off-putting. Uh, I, I think she's Jacinta's mother. <laughs> I mean, there there is a, a similarity, and I noticed that uh, 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 Cam Slater from uh, the BFD noticed that uh, Jacinta Ardern she's uh, developing a, a longer face uh, uh, with the the stress uh, with the stress of 
of everything and uh, it's going to take a lot more airbrushing to make her look on, look on on billboards well they managed it for helen clark and they didn't have a lot to work with there. <laughs> uh, but uh there was more so tvnz which it's it's a government-owned tv station but it's funded by advertising yeah, yeah. So TVNZ um, is uh, publicly owned, but currently operates on a commercial, um, you know, as as a commercial entity. Um, but what the Labour government is doing with TVNZ and Radio New Zealand, which is uh, public radio with no ads and is extraordinarily boring and terrible, um, they are going to combine the two companies into an organisation called the Aotearoa Public Media. Uh, at a cost of $380 million, which is more than the two entities themselves combined are worth. Uh, so they aired a documentary called Web of Chaos, which uh, featured, I didn't know of this uh, disinformation project, they're researchers who oh, yes. are funded by the government. Yeah, Byron Clark is probably the most infamous one. And, uh, he was uh, a former um, Workers' Party candidate in a Christchurch mayoralty over a decade ago, um, and he was also an instrumental in um, the harassment of Lee Williams, who uh, lost his job at a company for his YouTube videos. Uh, so this is a segment of uh, what is some of the uh, extremist propaganda uh, that uh, is is put online. You can draw people in in lots of different places. And each of the platforms are used in different ways. Hello, friends. As you can see, I'm working on my wedby bag. What is known internationally as the kind of trad wife set of viewpoints, which is white Christian, a lot of pseudo-Celtic, pseudo-Nordic ideologies behind it. They use Pinterest and Instagram to draw in other women who are interested in interior design, children's clothing, knitting, healthy food for children. And it does draw people in towards a set of white nationalist ideas. I mean, it's relatively easy to see. If you see a very beautiful, fair-skinned, blonde or red-haired child with beautiful braiding in her hair and some flowers, just step back a little bit. <laughs> Which is really distressing because that's my heritage. All cooking with the girls. Wow, what a crazy bitch! There's those a uh, a mothers' groups at the the local church. I mean, send in the the SIS uh, to to monitor them, and uh, uh, maybe they're what is that? They're planning to raid uh, uh, Douay again because uh, Amy is <laughs> the the the, <laughs> the trad wife model uh i mean yeah that's uh you know she she, she if could you be, want to stay home and have children and look after your family and um, every time she is uh she, she appears on the uh, on the show uh she's she's radicalizing other women <laughs> uh, yeah it reminds me there there was uh the uh, this uh, couple uh, who appeared on this ABC News segment back in 2019, married to the alt-right, uh, Justin and Lisa Bueller. 
and uh, uh, Lisa said that she joined the alt-right uh, because she really liked uh, baking. So, yes, apparently radicalization also starts with baking cookies. Or maybe straight straight wedding cakes. Yes, I mean, yeah, like house, a good good housekeeping magazine. You know, that's that's a, that's a it's a white nationalist propaganda now. Well, Jerry Falwell was um, uh, got an award from Good Housekeeping magazine. Um, I wish I could remember what the award was. Thankfully, your your justice minister is uh, going to draft some laws to to crack down on uh, the, the uh, such hateful propaganda. Yeah, she's uh, promised of hate speech. Where are we at with that? I feel like this is a question we raise with the justice minister every time we talk. Yeah, I can promise you. I will make this promise to you. Uh, I will be making announcements on hate speech by the end of this year. There are. Um, does that give it enough time to come into law before the next election? Yes. So you're guaranteeing that will go through? I guarantee that I'll be introducing law that I intend to have concluded and put into law by the next election. Now, um, some people may recall the previous Justice Minister, Chris Farfoy, um, being absolutely grilled by Tover O'Brien on TV3 about hate speech laws, and he looked like a complete idiot. That was uh, early last year. And by early this year, the government had still not made any progress on the hate speech laws. Um, Kerry Allen, um, that was a softer interview than Farfoy's, but um, I watched the entire interview. She does appear competent. So, 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 so she is a she? Yes, yes, she is. Uh, she's a lesbian, which probably won't surprise anybody. Um, but um, the impression I get from her is that she is competent. She is across the issues in her portfolio. And you do actually know what she believes and when she gets asked questions in an interview, uh, which, of course, makes her extremely dangerous because probably the best feature of this Labour government has been uh, the sheer lack of uh, people around the cabinet table that actually know how to implement anything they stand for. But uh, it would appear that Ellen is actually somewhat capable. Uh, now, we're already at the uh, the top of the hour, so I'm not sure. Do we want to basically ditch the, the rest of the program? Um, shall we very quickly go through the Hamilton West by-election? Uh, is there much to report, really? I mean, it's not until December. It's December 10. December 10th, yes. Um, well, the exciting thing about it now is that we actually have um, a general idea of how the seat may end up um, going. Um, there's been polling by Courier, which is a national poller, um, but this was uh, commissioned by the ACT Party. It shows that um, currently National sitting on about 45% support in the electorate, Labour on 37%, um, ACT on 9%. Greens and New Zealand First uh, don't appear they will have candidates, but the Greens are on just under five, New Zealand First about 3%. And the independent Gaurav Sharma, who triggered the by-election by resigning from Parliament and alleges uh, enormous number of allegations about bullying by the Labour Party, he's polling at just 2.5%. Um, Hamilton West, of course, is a bellwether electorate. Um, it... it you, virtually always goes to the party which is in government 
Um, though, of course, this being a by-election, it'll go to the party that's probably polling the best nationally, and that is the National Party. And I might touch uh, briefly on uh, the announced retirement of the New South Wales Health Minister, Brad Hazard. Uh, he uh, was a, well, he managed to a, a top Dan Andrews as the most grumpy authoritarian uh, COVID response minister in uh, Australia. Uh, he's been a career politician uh, uh, parliament 32 years he's now 70 years old he was originally a school teacher then he became uh, a lawyer I mean he comes across as a as a as a bastard school teacher uh, when he was lecturing people and uh, this was uh, one of the things that uh, upset him uh, with the the, the backlash uh, to his uh, COVID lockdowns and orders defaced your property somebody actually did uh, deface the front lawn with the word tyrant right across it and uh, that was yeah it's pretty bad pretty close to everything really now oh, the poor thing i hope he he would have had to lie down and have a cup of tea uh, i'm going to be working on I'll, I'll have it ready by the the time the the new south wales state election is is caught it will uh, does take place, so which is on uh, March 25th, 2023. The polls have tightened with uh, the coalition Perite government not too far behind now. Uh, I'll put together a, a compilation of his uh, well, worst bad-tempered bits because there was uh, a lot of them there. <laughs> I look forward to that. All right, we might uh, wrap it up now unless you've got anything that's on the agenda that you definitely want to to add no no i think we've covered off very well oh well, thank you everyone again for for watching at this this later time so i'll be back with do a next friday evening back at 6 p.m melbourne time on the unshackled youtube channel and i'll be back for tim's news explosion 8 30 p.m monday time on the Wilmsfront channels and there'll be more reports from tiger mountain Coming out with Richard Walsencroft soon. Keep checking out the unshackled.net for our latest content. Uh, good night, everybody, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Thank you. Good night. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of Trad Tasman Talk. To keep up with the latest real news and analysis from the Tasman nations, visit the unshackled.net and rightminds.nz.